Greetings in the Master's name. You can open your Bibles to John 21. Just a thought about a song we sang this morning. Uh, we sang, the moon shines full at his command. And uh, it just was, um, I don't know if any of you noticed it or not, but just to where I was driving uh, Friday evening, I know it was 8, 8.30, and facing the sun, I mean, not the sun, but the moon. <laughs> it, it, the moon was shining full at his command. <laughs> it was very, uh, just beautiful. Uh, John 15, sorry, 21, verse 15. John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? And uh, so he says, lovest thou me more than these? Now, what were the these? I mean, it, it's, it's there, just two verses before this. In verse 13, I mean, see, it says after they had dined, uh, maybe, and I think I'm thinking right, Says Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and feast likewise. That was the third time that he showed himself. And so then he says, after they had dined, lovest thou me more than these? And so what had he given them? Bread and fish. Well, that's not a hard question, is it? You love me more than bread and fish? Why do you ask him that? And why do you have to ask him three times? Do you, live Jesus, do you love Jesus more than bread and fish? Maybe bread and fish isn't your thing. Maybe it's chocolate or something like that. I don't know. But uh, see, what's the point? What do you think about that? So now, this morning, council meeting, I want to look at these questions. Do you have peace with God? I, and the thing, reason to think about this verse, you know, uh, do I have peace with God? Do I love God more than these? Is that a step higher than having peace with God? And so I don't know, that, that's something to think about too. But anyway, thinking about having peace with God, um, Okay, let's um, let's turn over to Romans five. I think these verses here we're going to look at here in Romans and some other places. They tell us how we have peace with God, and that's what we need to go by by the Scripture, because we can have all kinds of feelings. So Romans five verse one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is tremendous. That is tremendous. Okay, verse, chap, um, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. No condemnation. Do we have peace with God? 
No condemnation, it says. Now, it does say, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So we have to keep that in mind. But if you go to Galatians 5, it talks about what the works of the flesh. It talks about the works of the flesh. And so, yeah, if you're living in that, then you don't have peace with God. But it also talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So here, in this verse here, it talks about the flesh and the Spirit. And then, of course, there's a little foot, uh, a little something here, a little star in my Bible about some alternate wording or something. But anyway, it was interesting thinking about that, just kind of a side note too. It, in Galatians 5, it's the works of the flesh and it's the fruit of the Spirit. So that was interesting too. Works and fruit. See, it's not the fruit of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. It's the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. I think about that too. Okay, uh, go to 1 Corinthians. And this is just Paul's introduction to the Corinthians. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace from God our Father. And so I like that. Just that nice introduction. Uh, and, and a person has to wonder sometimes the things that, um, that Paul said uh, to the Corinthians, all the commendations he gives them and all the nice things he says about them. Uh, and then the um, some of the other things he says about them. So <laughs> try to balance that out too. But anyway, do we have peace with God? Those verses speak to what it is and why we can have peace with God. Those verses speak to why we have peace with God. Now, I want to go a little further. And let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And the thought here is <clears throat> peace with God. Can we have peace with God in the midst of turmoil? And so Paul says here, For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears, or fightings without, fears within. Did Paul have peace with God here, or did he lose it? I think he still had peace with God. But he was in the midst of some difficult things. That doesn't mean we don't have peace with God. So that's part of life, too. Now, I did like the next verse. Is again, a little bit of an aside, but Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. So his brother encouraged him. His brother encouraged him. I like that. Well, <clears throat> we know what Jesus said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. So how do we have peace with God? Well, we already looked at that in Romans, but just a little bit more along that line. In our thoughts, how we have peace with God. Psalmist said, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In the Hebrew, the word strength there is rock. God is the rock of my heart. That's Psalm 73, 25, and 26. His desire, there's none upon earth that I desire beside thee. His desire was towards God. And even though his flesh and heart fails, God was his strength and his portion. That brings peace. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Again, in the Hebrew, when nothing shall offend them, it's they shall have no stumbling block. Great peace have they which love thy law, and they shall have no stumbling block. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And again, some interesting things from the Hebrew. Perfect peace, that's the way it's translated. Hebrew, it's peace, peace. Just a double, double word there. Uh, the way it expressed the emphasis. And then, whose mind is stayed on thee. There again, the Hebrew is thought or imagination. Thou wilt keep him in peace, peace, or perfect peace, whose thoughts or imaginations are stayed on thee. Our imaginations can sometimes run wild. Because he trusteth in thee. And that's part of having peace with God too, is trusting in him. Be careful, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is how we have peace with God. We turn it over to him. There are some hindrances to peace, we know. Isaiah 48, 18. Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. That's quite the word picture there. If they would have hearkened to his commandments, their peace would have been as a river and their righteousness like the waves of the sea. Now, some people like the ocean, I mean, those waves, there's power there, there's... I think we'll turn to Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, let's read verse, start at 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. 
the preeminence of Christ. He needs to be preeminent. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace, peace, through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile. You see, we talk about being peace with God. What, what, what's that mean? Naturally, we're enemies. Naturally, we're enemies of God. As we come into the world, as we're born into the world, because of the fall, and because of our natural inclinations, because of our sinful nature, we're enemies. So, that's what we're talking about when we talk about having peace with God. As that the relationship with God needs to be restored, and that's in Christ Jesus. And then we need to maintain that, just like Adam and Eve walking with God in the garden. And then when they didn't listen to God, broke that. But anyway, okay. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether it be things in earth or things in heaven. And you, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, made a minister. So that's pretty well got it, those verses. I mean, Christ is preeminent and it talks about us being enemies and alienated and how we've been reconciled through Christ and we maintain that standing if we continue in the faith grounded and settled. Psalm 85, 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Now, Quite some years ago, thinking about these questions, and I brought I actually brought these cards along. Got these cards. I had this card. It's in my scratchy handwriting. But do you have peace with God? And then I wrote some other questions kind of along that line to expand on it for every for all for these five questions. And somewhere along the line, I typed them over, I guess, so I would be able to read them in case I forgot how to read them on writing. But anyway, I typed them over, and evidently I used my old manual typewriter I had in 10th grade typing because I can tell that's the type. But anyway, I got them on that card, and then somewhere along the line, I wrote it down a few verses, too, to go along with it. So, um, and of course, over the years, I've... Uh, kind of use that as a basis for different messages or tweaked it each time but so the questions that I wrote to go along with this question do you have peace with God were do you have a living growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ do you have a living growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is there any area of your life in which you're not doing what God would have you do? 
Now you got to be careful with that one as far as peace. My peace with God is founded on the fact that Jesus Christ has restored my relationship with God. I can't be careless about that, but at the same time, I can't let the fact that I still need to grow, I can't let the fact that I still need to grow destroy my peace. So when I say, is there any area of your life in which you're not doing what God would have you do, I'm kind of talking about a, a deliberate resistance. I mean, I think we can all say, uh, yeah, I could do better reading my Bible or I could do better praying for my brothers and sisters or whatever you know we, we, we know we need to grow I don't think we should let that destroy our peace unless we're, we're resisting God then that's a different story okay then do you have peace with your fellow Christians let's turn to Psalm 34 Uh, verses 12 to 14. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And that, of course, is um, is um, can't get the word I want now, but it's um, it's copied in first in, in in first Peter. Maybe we'll look at that again uh, there in a little bit. And the meaning of those words. Let's turn to uh, John. I mean Matthew five. Thinking about that piece, my fellow Christians, I think we often think about these verses, <clears throat> Matthew five. <clears throat> Verses 23 and 24. <clears throat> Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, <clears throat> and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. And then there's a similar thought in eight, chapter 18, verse 15. Uh, Moreover, thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So those verses refer to having everything clear between our brothers and sisters. And uh, <clears throat> I have a friend that uh, was maybe a few years younger than me. He uh, was not raised in an Anabaptist setting, but he became Anabaptist as a young man. And uh, he's, he's lived in a different setting than ours. But he told me one time that uh, I don't know if he I don't know if he was saying that we I don't know if he was being critical exactly of the way we do things, but maybe it was more in his setting. But he, he said uh, communion should be a joyful time for us, thinking about the Lord 
and his sacrifice for us. And he said, it's one of the most miserable times in the life of the church. Everybody's running around trying to make sure everything's clear between them, you know, and did, you know, and so on. And, and just everybody was, you know, on, on pins and needles. And uh, he just felt like that was kind of a pitiful way to get ready for the joy of remembering the Lord. Well, you know, if there's something between brothers or you think there might be or sisters or whatever, you're not supposed to wait six months to try and get it straightened out. Um, but if there is something then it doesn't need to be taken care of. Just recently, somebody was saying, and it wasn't, wasn't in, our, in our church or anything, but was saying about somebody hadn't spoken to them for several years because of something that they felt like they had no control over. Well, whatever, you know, that stuff's supposed to get cleared up. And uh, so, yeah, those things need to be taken care of, definitely. But um, anyway, um, let's, let's go to Colossians 3. Can't quite remember what that says. I got it here in my notes. Yeah, Colossians 3, verse 12. We're talking about being having, having peace with our fellow Christians. Put all therefore as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Now, I tell you, that's the way to have peace among our brothers and sisters. If we do those things. And you know what? It doesn't even say here, Well, I'm not sure. It, it, okay, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So, so it, it, all, it seems to me like it's saying that you don't have to wait to get strength, things straightened out on your side of things till somebody comes and, 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 you know, bows down at your feet and says, I'm sorry. Uh, you're supposed to have already forgiven them, the way I read it here. And uh, but anyway, mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, yeah, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, and uh, and charity, and the peace of God then rules in your hearts. Or it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Well, that's the way. Well. Um, okay, um, having peace with our fellow Christians, yeah. Um, maybe Romans 14 yet. Romans 14, 17, and 19. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. That's how to have peace in the brotherhood. Now, the questions that 
I wrote to go along with this question. Do you have a positive attitude towards and an appreciation for all your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Do you have a positive attitude towards and an appreciation for all your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Is there anything about or in the life of a brother or sister in the church that hinders you from living according to the word? Those are things that we're supposed to be open to each other about. Do you know of any sin that anyone in the church has committed against you? Those are things that have to be taken care of if we're going to have peace in the brotherhood. Do you know of any instance where someone in the church feels you have sinned against them? Is there anyone you would rather not commune or wash feet with? Do you have peace with your fellow Christians? Okay, do you have peace with your fellow men as far as is possible on your part? Uh, let's go to 1 Peter. I'm not going to read the ones um, in chapter 2, but I'll just call your attention to them. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 13-18 talks about submitting yourself to men and to those over you and so on. Uh, but then uh, chapter 3 Verses 8 to 12 is uh, where we have this, uh, these verses from the Old Testament in 10 to 12. But starting at verse 8, finally, be ye all of one mind. Okay, I guess this is talking about within the brotherhood. Uh, having compassion one of another. Love us, brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. That should be outside the brotherhood. But contrary wise blessing, knowing that ye are there into a call that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now, again, a little bit of an aside, but, you know, it used, I don't know if it's quite the, the saying now. Well, yeah, it still is. People say have a good one. You know, have a good day. Well, if you uh, see, we start, we're talking about courage in, in our Sunday school lessons in Joshua. And uh, sometimes it takes a little courage to even do something like this. But somebody says, have a good day. And you say, and you can reply, yes, and you have a good day. And the Bible tells, me, tells us exactly how to have a good day. And so then if you know these verses by heart, you can say, he that will love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no deceit. Let him shun evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. And that's the way to have a good day. So think about that. Get your courage up. Maybe you can reply that, that way sometime to somebody. So, uh, but, okay, but his lips that they speak no deceit. Let him issue or avoid evil. Now we're talking about having, having peace 
with our fellow men as far as it's possible. You know, not just our brothers and sisters, but everybody. No deceit. Um, avoid evil. Do good. Go about peace and pursue it. And then, of course, Romans 12 um, tells us how to relate. Recompense to no man. This is verse 17, Romans 12. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. And why does it say as much as possible? I mean, if you're doing everything on your part. But you've probably read stories. <clears throat> I mean, this is the kind of thing that gets in storybooks and so on. And uh, uh, real accounts, or, you know, where somebody is just really hardcore, obstinate, and, you know, they insist that the fence is 20 feet on their side. Been more than one story like that. And so what do you do? As much as possible, you live in peace with them and probably just move the fence back 20 feet. But anyway, that's why it says, as much as possible, as life in you live peace with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, <clears throat> feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head, but be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. And here again, having peace with your fellow men, and this thing about returning good for evil and so on, and so, um, and, and people have done this, you know, try to, you know, somebody's, their neighbor's out of sorts with them or something, you know, they'll maybe try to bake something for them and take it to them or something. Now, there again, your attitude is pretty important, you know, you know, I'm going to take this to them, hoping to get put some coals of fire on their head, you know. Uh, that's probably not quite the right mentality to go about it. Uh, you're supposed to really have love in your heart and so that it shines out when you go to them. Uh, and Matthew 5, I mean, we've been taught this stuff from little up, and we know it, and I, I'm glad but, you know, it says, You have heard it have been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I said, You love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them, which despitefully use you and persecute you. With the love of God in our hearts, we can do that. Sometimes, and I, I don't think I've ever been quite in a situation like that, but sometimes I've gotten irritated at other people. And um, I don't know, they weren't my enemies. I guess I just got irritated. But anyway, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And uh, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his sun to shine on the evil and the good. Sendeth rain on the just and unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the public and so. So, if you can be nice to people that are nice to you, well, I say even sinners can do that. So... Do you have peace with your fellow man as far as it's possible on your part? And it says that if if all you can do is like people like you, well, you, 
you you haven't gotten much further than what a sinner can do. It says, it says uh, God God blesses the well. We we know that God judges sin, okay, but He also does send rain and sun on the just and the unjust, and so. It says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And it's in the context of, of, of God blessing or sending blessings on the people that aren't just. That's the context. Well, okay, the questions that go along with this. Do you have resentment or ill will towards anyone be they a church member or not. Do you have resentment or ill will towards anyone, <clears throat> be they a church member or not? So that's your thoughts going towards them, then come in the other direction. Do you know of any situation where anyone is holding anything against you? Then <clears throat> the fourth question on our card is, do you desire communion? And Jesus said to the disciples, he said to them, with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And with desire, the phrase there with desire, I have desired, is the idea I have heartily desired. Jesus desired that fellowship with his disciples. 1 Corinthians 11, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament. My blood this do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Do you desire communion? Or basically saying the same thing. Are you looking forward to communion? And Why? And then the last question we have is, are you willing to support the rules and discipline of the Southeastern Mennonite Conference? Just a couple verses. 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. In fact, maybe I'll just have you take time to turn to that verse yet. 1 Peter 3.8. Okay, yeah, we already looked at that verse, but finally be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Now, now, now look at the wording there. I want to read it uh, from the American Standard Version. That was the American Standard Version 1901. It's a very, uh, very accurate translation. Finally, be ye all like-minded, compassionate, loving as brethren, tender-hearted, that's where they translate be pitiful, humble-minded is where they translate be courteous. Finally, be ye all like-minded, compassionate, loving as brethren, tender-hearted, humble-minded. The Bible in basic English, which is just exactly what it says it is, says it like this. Last of all, see that you are all in agreement, feeling for one another, loving one another like brethren, full of pity without pride, has the idea of being all in agreement. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 
Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So are you willing to support the Brotherhood Agreement? That ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Okay, in conclusion, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. That's Matthew 5, 9. Find what pleases God and then build those things into your life. In other words, that's, that goes along with being children of God. Finding what pleases God and building those things into your life. James 3.16 For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. In verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Is sown in peace of them that make peace. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, so on. 2 Corinthians 13.11, finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Second Thessalonians 3.16 Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Let's kneel for prayer.